fighting soldiers from the sky. Fearless men who jump and die. Men who mean just what they say. The brave men of the Green Beret. Silver wings upon their chest. These are men, America's best. One hundred men will test today, but only three win the Green Beret. Trained to live off nature's land, trained in combat hand to hand. Men who fight. Night and day, courage take from the green beret. Silver wings upon their chest. These are men, America's best. One hundred men will test today, but only three win the green beret. Back at home, a young wife waits. Her green beret has met his fate. He has died for those oppressed, leaving her this last request. Put silver wings on my son's chest. Make him one. America's best. He'll be a man. They'll test one day. Have him win the Green Beret. All right, we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Jerry Moore here, our third hour on Wednesday, the 12th of August. The preparative of the day this is important. Resolve all dental issues now. Seriously, you, you, the crisis is bad enough to go through, but having dental issues piled on top of the crisis, that would just not be a good thing. We have a patient waiting in the green room, my friend Jeff Nyquist. Jeff began a quest more than a quarter century ago to understand, comprehend, eventually become quite expert in anything and everything to do with the international communist conspiracy. His website is jrnyquist.blog. His excellent books are for sale at amazon.com. Just put J.R. Nyquist in the subject line, uh, the search box, and you'll get in Amazon, you'll get his books. His most recent article, published only um, a few days ago, August 5th, is titled Ukraine, Russia, and the Post-Soviet Civil War. Here's the opening paragraph there. If Yugoslavia was an example of an army let loose after the collapse of a communist regime, the Soviet Union exemplified a disintegrating police state. The type of anarchy that follows from these two scenarios is different. Instead of open civil wars in Yugoslavia, Russia is in a, in a civil war that is covert. And that's uh, written by Wisla Zeruska. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning. Uh, well, what is a covert civil war? I don't know what that is, sir. Oh, it sounds like what we're going through. Well, uh, 
to a certain extent it was, but I, I regard it uh, at this point in time overt uh, communist insurrection. Uh, I, I guess the mainstream media is not reporting it that way, but that's how I regard it. How do you regard it? Yeah, well, it uh, has been a covert civil war for a long time. Um, and in the Soviet Union, the covert civil war was fought um, a continuing attack by the KGB and the other establishment against those people who genuinely wanted freedom in Russia, uh, even though while all the meantime making it look as though those people had won in Russia. So the whole idea was to to continue to fight against the white army, so to speak, while all the time the red army was on top pretending to be losing the war or having lost it already. Um, that was the, the mission that was assigned to KGB at the time. They had to make it look like they'd lost the Cold War, but at the same time they had to defeat those forces that were threatening the regime. That sounds a bit schizophrenic to me. Um, but uh, so far they, they have the appearance of having pulled it off, haven't they? Yeah, they do. Um, and this is a very controversial point, which you come to Galitzin, uh, Galitzin's analysis is very different uh, than Saraska's analysis because he says that it was a long-range plan. They planned this all along. It was a form of struggle that I think uh, that what we see is that they had a lot of problems with their strategy. They had a lot of setbacks, but they stuck to it. When you have a strategy of controlled opposition and controlled resistance, I mean a controlled opposition and uh, um, uh, the pretended collapse of your system, you have to, once you're committed to that plan, you have to carry it out. And you have to use the secret means at your disposal, the, the communist agent networks, the secret structures of the Soviet regime set up by the army and the KGB and the party. And you you have to, to play it out. And of course, they've set up similar structures in our own country. They have agent networks here. They have infiltrated our institutions. They have structures now of control within the media and elsewhere. And it's, it's been done so seamlessly that most people don't even realize that a communist takeover has been underway for the last hundred years, very gradually. Uh, you know, we had the Roosevelt administration in the 30s and 40s that was permeated by communists. We had the revelations of that permeation. We had the House Un-American Activities Committee's revelations, the Senate Security Committee's revelations. Joseph McCarthy then was came under attack. They made an example out of him. They started to shut the process down. And the communists returned in the 1960s to infiltrating the government and uh, through Watergate, and past Watergate and beyond, even under the nose of Ronald Reagan. They continued to sneak in, both from the Republican Party and the Democratic Party, they just plain took over, you know, either probably around 1980, give or take. They were heavily infiltrating it. They had all those 60s radicals that came in. And by the time you get to this collapse of the Soviet Union, 1991, 1992, we have a man named Bill Clinton run for president of the United States, a man who had made a secret trip to Moscow and to Prague in the winter of 69 to 70. And uh, and his wife alleged it, had allegedly made uh, trips to Havana, both closet communists. 
um, becoming president, entering the White House. And that's when our system really began to flip heavily because they could bring in their friends and associates. They could uh, flood the government with people of their ideology. And when you get Obama's eight years, by the time you're done with that, you've got a real problem in Washington. Well, I describe our what's been going on as two Bushes, one Clinton and one Obama. Now, the the appointees of the of the two Bush presidents may or may not have been communists, but they certainly were deep state people, weren't they? Well, what I mean by deep state, when I when I listen to that, I hear that there that that's what it is. It's the communists. People talk about the regular the bureaucracy. Uh, we always had this problem that the left, that uh, that uh, liberals, were dominant in the bureaucracy, because that's what the schools produced, and I think there was a certain mentality there. To what extent were the Republicans and the Democrats infiltrated? Uh, how early? We don't know. There, we know there were problems in, um, you know, if you read uh, Constantine Menges's book Inside the National Security Council, it was about Reagan's second term. And what happened with Iran-Contra? Um, Constantine Menges was the head of the Latin American division of the CIA. At that time, uh, uh, he had come over from the State Department. And um, what, he, what he relates is a cabal of what we would now call deep state individuals, but they seem to be determined bureaucrats with a certain limited vision and I think a lot of people, there's two kinds of people here. There's people, uh, and this goes a lot in the military, there's people that are politically correct because they didn't have a thought outside what they're given to think. And, um, whoops, are you there? I'm here, I'm here. We lost yeah. you for a couple of seconds there, Jeff. Yeah, yeah I, I, thought, I thought we dropped out. Um, uh, so... Um, I think that those people, it's ignorance with them, and that, but they uh, know how they get promoted. And then there's those that really understand what's going on. I think in Diana West's book, The Red Thread, there is this passage uh, where one of, the, one of the conspirators, I forget which one it was, one of the, the people uh, taunted Dennis Prager the talk radio um, host um, right. who who I think he calls it thought radio. He's a very thoughtful kind of person. But he made the statement that uh, the, the, in, a, in a tweet that the that the uh, the media in the United States was more dangerous than Russia. And this guy mocked him. And this was a, a sort of a Clinton Obama activist. He mocked him and he said, uh, you probably think, you know, that Russia is the, um, the, the, the Christian, white, you know, capitalist, uh, you know, conservative right-wing place. And he says, it's anything but. And, uh, you know, you, you just don't, you know, he's just making fun of them for not really understanding what was going on. But it was giving away the game. This guy was an American leftist who knew that Russia was not, you know, Putin wasn't a Christian and he was not a um, uh, uh, a right-winger or a defender of Western civilization, as, as many have been fooled into believing. And he was mocking Prager for not understanding 
where all this, all these communists were looking for real support from. The Amazing. deception. Yeah. Amazing. It's interesting when somebody on the left in America understands and is mocking someone on the right for being fooled. <laughs> that's, that's quite unusual, to say the least. Uh, Jeff, we got our, our regular report coming in from Alex, calling from the future. Alex, New Zealand. Good morning, Alex. Morning, Jeff and John. I got one to two things for Jeff. The first thing is, I'm not sure if he would like to comment on. Um, yesterday in Hong Kong, there was some pretty big news. Jimmy Lai and Agnes Chow, who are very famous in the Hong Kong democracy movement, was arrested under the new Hong Kong national security legislation. And one contact from Hong Kong who talked to me on Twitter is now speculating that the Chinese Communist Party is now using is now using the national security legislation to target the Hong Kong democracy movement leaders because because then actually because um Jimmy Lai and Agnes Chow are actually um more of a liability to the Chinese Communist Party. I'm not sure if Chief would like to comment on it. Okay. Jeff, yeah. your comment? Response? Well, there's, uh, you know, there's, uh, it's hard to, to know. Um, Jimmy Lai was a, uh, what, he owned publications, right? And he was a sort of a, a, a rich person in Hong Kong um, who got behind the, uh, pro-democracy movement um, it's uh, it's hard to know the role of some of these kind of people uh, but obviously even for him to have been allowed to survive in Hong Kong he had to have had some kind of deal with the CCP just like anybody who wanted to operate on that level had to and the question is is being a, a anti-CCP uh, and there being a controlled opposition did they find that he was not loyal? Did they want to get rid of a witness? Um, did he start to have a change of heart? Did he make some kind of mistake? Did he lie to somebody who didn't like it? Uh, it's hard to say. But they can disappear anybody for any reason because when you live in a totalitarian regime like uh, communist China, um, you are a slave and the state owns you. It doesn't matter who you are. Uh, Any follow-up there, Alex? I, oh, yeah. Um, the second thing I got for Jeff is I think over the last few days, um, the Indonesian volcano um, called Sinabong, which erupted, apparently that volcano has the Russian scientists quite worried because at the moment, the Russians think we are at the, at the start of the Grand Solar Minimum. Some of the Russian scientists think that the Sinabong volcano will add to the cooling. I'm not sure if people would like to comment on it. 
Yeah, uh, with the grand solar minimum, it is believed by some of the scientists that there is a connection between the grand solar minimum and volcanic activity, that they coincide. Uh, 206 years ago, there was a series after the beginning of the the um, the grand solar minimum, uh, the known as the uh, Dalton minimum. There were a series of volcanic eruptions, and I believe two of them were in, in the Indonesia area. And they were one of them was quite severe, uh, so severe it threw a lot of volcanic ash into the atmosphere and contributed to that to terrible summer of 1816 in which lakes and rivers in the United States froze in July. So, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a very serious problem if there's a major eruption in Indonesia. It's a very unstable area volcanically. We had the Krakatoa eruption in the 1880s. I think it was the 1880s. That also covered the earth in ash. It had an effect on weather for a few years uh, because volcanic ash can cut down on the heat from the sun and contribute, further contribute and exacerbate the global cooling that's going on. Yes. All right. Yeah, so I have you thank John, and I would like to thank you for taking my call. Okay. Well, thank you. Um, thank you. Our next caller, uh, Jeff, is John in Texas. Morning, John. Hello, Mr. Nyquist. I have a couple of questions for you. One is to do with... Uh, Something that I sent you uh, by email. Have you had uh, had uh, time to look at that? Uh, yeah, I did. And what do you what are what are your conclusions? What do you think of the information? What about what's going on there? Is there a pattern well, or something? Uh, why don't you tell? Why don't you do, why don't you try to briefly describe it to the readers? I mean. Um, have two is, cases I didn't, yeah. mm-hmm. of parasite and by which is and double parasite by by females, which is comparatively rare. And in both cases there is evidence of spoiling mm-hmm. on the part of the uh, and in one case this person was accused, apparently nobody actually saw her do it, so I can't say really, but it seemed like the evidence uh, was beyond a reasonable doubt that she had shot both her parents or shot her mother in the head, which she shot her mother, and then because her father happened to be nearby, she shot him too, and then she near, threw away the whatever she was wearing to cover it up, and then... Uh, Almost got away with it and ended up at the age of 18. She did when she was 16 at the age of 18, got life without parole. We got another woman who also, and in both cases, they seem to be either influenced by some criminal type that was. Uh, Hold that, that thought. We got a break. Okay. Hold on, John. Hold on, Jeff. We'll be right back.
What would you say if I told you we have a new tool that will increase production and lower maintenance costs for your meat processing company, and it would pay for itself in just six weeks? When pigs fly! The new Ease-Off Model EZ4 replaces old spring-style carcass droppers and is faster, safer, and more reliable. The Ease-Off lowers or lifts 1,000 pounds to or from your rail automatically using our remote control. Sounds expensive. Can I afford it? Can you afford not to try the Ease-Off? It installs fast with just three bolts in place of your current dropper. The effortless operation will reduce fatigue and injuries, speed up your line, eliminate downtime, and increase profit. How can I order my EaseOff? Go to EaseOff.com, E-A-Z-E-O-F-F.com, and hurry, because we are offering $200 off on the new Easy 4 for a limited time. EaseOff.com. We make pigs fly. Cows, too. EaseOff, LLC. Summersville, Missouri. 417-932-6419. Folks, we're living in a world the likes of which we've never perceived any clearer than we do now. The plan for global governance has been in the works for generations and would have likely been achieved by now, but for the fact that the globalists left open their Achilles heel. With all their tools, Federal Reserve System, fiat currency, no child left behind, and then common core education introduced to our schools to dumb us down, vaccines, pharmaceuticals to lobotomize us, GMO foods, insertion of compromised or bought and paid for politicians, judges, mainstream media propaganda, all pieced together like a puzzle designed to ultimately bring the world under submission. But with all their strategy, they forgot one thing, knowledge and knowledge is power. With knowledge, their bombardment is nullified. Folks, with that, as brilliant and knowledgeable as you've become, among the wisest audience of any radio audience in the world, and you are, I want you to take a moment to reflect and ask yourself, how much of that knowledge did I obtain from Republic Broadcasting Network? How high has my consciousness been raised since I've been a listener? How fast am I now able to discriminate truth from fake news by being a Republic Broadcasting listener? How clear am I now able to see the world since I've been listening to RBN? Ask yourselves those questions, folks. Then ask yourself, what is that knowledge worth to me? Like my morning coffee, how would I survive without it? A voice of truth and a sea of lies. Do we not all need to make sure it survives? Like public broadcasting, we are now finding we can only survive with listener support. Censorship, advertisers being attacked, truth itself being attacked. It's the only way through this. We at Republic Broadcasting humbly ask you to become a supporter. Look at your budget and make a determination of what Republic Broadcasting is worth to you and what you can afford on a monthly basis. Go to republicbroadcasting.org and pledge 20, 30, 40, 50, if possible, 100 a month or more if it's affordable. Click the Donate button and become a regular monthly donor. Assure both us and yourself that Republic Broadcasting Truth will continue to flow like that morning coffee. The network thanks you. We shall defend our island, whatever the cost may be. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. And if, which I do not for a moment believe, this island or a large part of it was subjugated and starving, then our empire beyond the seas, armed and guarded by the British fleet, would carry on the struggle until, in God's good time, the new world, with all its power and might, steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of the old. All right, we're back, ladies and gentlemen. J.R. Moore here on Wednesday. It is Wednesday, the 12th day of August. Um... Let's continue, John and Jeff. Uh, 
Jeff, you were um, giving a response to John and Lee. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, the literature on, on narcissism, you know, there's some controversy, but it's generally agreed that uh, narcissists can slip back and forth between sociopathy so that uh, they could even be violent sociopaths um, in, 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 if they're... If their condition is worsens, uh, spoiling is considered abuse by many psychologists. Uh, it's a form of abuse in which, you know, uh, narcissism uh, and uh, basically malignant narcissism, which is what we're talking about, or sociopathy, is often caused by something called um, narcissistic injury, and it happens in childhood, and it it causes the child to adopt a fake persona that is they it's called the denial of the true self so what basically happens is they don't like themselves their parents don't like themselves they decide they're going to be somebody else who's going to be like a superhero in a comic strip and they put all their energy into convincing themselves that they are this very special kind of person and that gives them the privilege to do things to other people other people aren't quite real and so that's how they can do these kind of crimes Pretty amazing. I, I've heard some. There's a um, uh, well. Anyway, and I've heard of somebody else, uh, a doctor, Michael uh, Woods, Doctor Woods. Uh, he got converted. To, uh, so sociopathic got converted actually, uh, but he still isn't normal. He's a lot of his behaviors like a child. But anyway, um, and they think like children too. It seems like. Um. Well, it's a little different. They they have it. You see, when a person is a sociopath or psychopath, and the difference is a sociopath, it's a it's a conditioned behavior by your environment. It's a form of adaptation. A psychopath, uh, they believe that you know that term means that you were born that way. That it's somehow genetic or it's you know inherited condition. Um, but but basically, you have attenuated affect. And you don't, you know, all of us are informed by our emotions and our feelings of sympathy for other people. That's emotional intelligence, because then we know what's going on with people. We know when they're sad. We know when they're, you know, when they're experiencing things, because we're in touch with our own emotions. A psychopath, sociopath, malignant narcissist does not have very good uh, contact with their own feelings. They have trampled down their own feelings to such an extent that they, they don't have that emotional intelligence. So they have to figure everything out um, the hard way. They have to mimic intelligence. They have to try to figure out what's going on inside other people. And they actually can have the idea that having no feelings is their big advantage in life, that uh, they're not handicapped by actually having feelings for other people and therefore, that makes them capable of doing things that allows them to take advantage of other people. That's kind of the, 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 the mentality. So it, it's not really that they think like children. It's, in fact, more like they, uh, they just don't have that emotional intelligence. They haven't developed in that way at all. All right. And uh, also, they, both of these cases, they were... Uh... Uh, manipulated by a couple by their boyfriend, or they got involved with a couple of with with boyfriends who were criminal types. And it seems like uh, in both, I, I think uh, 
it's not clear, but I think one of, in, in the case of uh, Marie, uh, what's, what's her name, uh, Sarah, Sarah Marie Johnson, she uh, she was manipulated by some drug drug dealer she got involved with, and this other lady, McCool, she married this guy who manipulated her into killing her her mother to get the inheritance. But on the other hand, the way she killed her mother, sat in wait, and then stabbed her 70 times with a butcher knife and nearly took her head off, uh, that didn't seem to in, uh, indicate she actually you know, was not only trying to get her uh, out for money, she was actually had a personal grudge against her, which she was taking revenge over. Could you comment? Well, that you know, the, in that particular crime, the the diagnosis, and I I'm not a psychologist or psychiatrist, so I can't yeah. diagnose, but but that behavior being manipulated by somebody else and doing a crime like that, that might be a borderline personality disorder, which is related um, to uh, you know narcissism. A borderline person is a person who's been severely abused, and is is extremely subject to rages to emotional swings and can actually lose touch with reality and and become like a, a schizophrenic yeah hold that thought okay. gentlemen we got a break we'll be back after the break You are tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org. Homeowners, are you in foreclosure, expecting to be served with a foreclosure lawsuit, or suspect your lender has coerced you into an illegal mortgage transaction? A huge number of mortgages made in the last 10 years have legal issues and are possibly defective. State laws and the U.S. Supreme Court have upheld that defective mortgage documents are grounds for foreclosure defense and for counterclaims in favor of the homeowner. If your mortgage has been sold or assigned since closing the loan, it may be defective and you may be paying the wrong party and the lender may not have standing or the right to foreclose or collect payments under the law. If you would like to know if your mortgage is legal or not or know if you are paying the right party, we can help. Our initial consultations are free of charge. We are not attorneys. We are legal researchers and work closely with experienced lawyers who know how to help you find the evidence to help you keep your home. Call toll-free 1-855-2-KEEP-IT. That's 1-855-2-KEEP-IT today. Here at Republic Broadcasting Network, we have been building our online store. Well, we have been focusing on bringing you the best talk show host in the country. Here at Republic Broadcasting Network, we also want our listeners to have products they can use every day and in times of emergency. We have added new products each week to our store. Your support of this network, plus products at the best prices, is a win-win situation. Check out our new store. Go to our website, republicbroadcasting.org and click on the online store located at the top of our website. Together, we can continue to grow RBN and help our listeners prepare for the future. Go to republicbroadcasting.org and click on our online store 
or call us. 800-724-2719, extension 3. 800-724-2719, extension 3. Extend your life with Extendovite, a seven-herb combination made from garlic, cayenne, bilberry, hawthorn, ginkgo biloba, valerian, and milk thistle. Each herb was chosen for their abilities to help improve irregular heartbeats, chest pain, lower cholesterol, as well as normalize blood pressure and clean and strengthen arteries, plus much, much more. Doctors have taken people off of some or all of their pills just because they believe their patients got better while taking Extendivite. Get the dependability of Extendivite. Just see how you feel in six months. A two-month supply of either capsules or liquid is only $69.95 plus shipping and handling. Call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extend Overnight. As I said to those who've joined the government, I have nothing to offer but blood, toil, tears, and sweat. We have before us an ordeal of the most grievous kind. We have before us many, many long months of struggle and of suffering. You ask what is our policy? I will say it is to wage war by sea, land, and air with all our might and with all the strength that God can give us. To wage war against a monstrous tyranny never surpassed in the dark and lamentable catalogue of human crime. All right, we're back, ladies and gentlemen. J.R. Moore here on Wednesday, the 12th of August. My website is libertyman.com. Special announcement, the uh, mosquito... Nut face mask, the Phoenix model, is now available. Uh, the demand has been overwhelming. We're looking at about a 14-day turnaround time to get them. we got three lovely Filipino ladies that live and work in Dent County, Missouri, uh, fabricating these things. My friend Tim Spencer is in charge of the project. You can place your order right there at my website at thelibertyman.com. Get your face mask made from mosquito netting you'll still be able to breathe and still be in compliance with these silly dictates we have around the country. Also, my website, if you want to sleep better at night, sleep as good as a small child like I do, check out the Energy Clear. You really need to do that, seriously. Only $285 shipping included. Keep in mind, I offer a 90-day money-back guarantee. Check out the Energy Cleaner, the mattress pads that go with it, right there at my website at thelibertyman.com. You can place your order right there. You can call my toll-free order line 24 hours a day. Here it is, 800-592-9543. I say again, 800-592-9543. Building with Jeff Nyquist, his website is jrnyquist.blog. I say again, jrnyquist.blog. He's a prolific author with new articles every few days, typically about twice a week, and a number of books that are available at amazon.com. Uh Jeff, let's uh, move on to our next caller here. That would be Tom in Florida. Good morning, Tom. Yes, uh, good uh, Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, John, Jeff, good morning. Yeah, Jeff, uh, first off, I leave patents and when it said we fought the wrong sons of BS, uh, uh, bit, you know, bees. We fought the wrong sons of bitches, I guess you want to say. And, uh, <laughs> um, well, he must have knew something, Patton. George Patton knew something about what was going on with the deep state back then. Um, what I want to... You, can you hear me, Jeff? Go ahead. Yeah, Hello? you were you referring fine. to he is 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 who? 
Well, you know, in the, George, uh, Patton. It, George, George Patton. Patton. George oh, Patton George knew Patton. that the mm-hmm. were the bigger of the enemies against the United States and actually faster than I believe. And uh, he, he actually, uh, well, he was, I believe Patton was murdered, absolutely. But here's what I want to get to. All these young punks, white and black punks, if you took them to Cuba for 15 days, they'd be crying to mommy. Oh, mommy, help me, help me. There's not even a chicken eat over there. I've been over there. It's a disaster. And that's what communists won't give you. All these, and you know what, uh, John and Jeff, a lot of these white kids you see are the same things that were happening in Russia in 1917 with the Bolsheviks. A lot of them are Zionists. A lot of them are Zionists, man. Who's kidding who? I don't see, I don't know if there's a whole lot of Catholic kids going out there protesting. Maybe there are. I don't know. They've been infiltrated, too. The Catholic Church has been infiltrated for the last hundred years. So it's all like a big cabal. That's what the word is. It's a giant cabal to take down the white Christianity of this country and the white males who made this the greatest country on earth. Uh, you know, and you, you look at the founding fathers, what they, they had to endure. And now look at how they're getting treated. They're tearing their monuments down. They're taking the, trying to take the Bible out of our schools. They don't even teach these kids how to write cursive, John. They don't know, they don't know who the second president of the United States is. They don't know nothing about the great sayings of uh, Paul Revere or uh, uh, Patrick Henry. These, these kids are lost their minds. They, they are in a new world, one uh, a communist uh, order. And look what we, they got right now for Camilla Harris, another blowhard communist who is giving BJs to the mayor of San Francisco, Willie Brown. Okay, well, let's, uh, thank you for your comment, Tom. We'll get some response from Jeff here. Thank you, Tom. Uh, you have a response to Tom's comments or Jeff? Yeah, no, it's not. <clears throat> it's not true that the Bolshevik Revolution was full of Zionists. Although uh, Trotsky had connections to Zionists, um, <clears throat> this kind of thing is is repeated over and over again. Um, <clears throat> the um, there is um, uh, communism is um, uh, the Leninist kind of communism, and you have Marxism. You you have in the history of of socialist ideas going back all the way to the communism of Plato. You have people who dreamed of making a kind of utopia, a kind of experiment. And uh, Marx, uh, Marx had some ideas which were fairly sophisticated, um, but of course were wrong. Uh, and it was attractive to a lot of intellectuals. You had uh, then Lenin, uh, who was very militant, was a very uh, cynical Machiavellian person, uh, succeeded in making his revolution because he had the backing of the Kaiser's government. The Kaiser wanted to collapse this. Oh, the the Kaiser, Kaiser, that's right, German. Well, Bolshevik. And the Kaiser thought that he had Lenin under his thumb because he had paid Lenin. (laughs) You're right. That was wrong. Uh, The word Bolshevik, the Russian word Bolshevik, means majority. That's right. The Bolsheviks were never more than 3% of the Russian population, were they? No, that's right. And that was a big controversy with the uh, with most socialists in the world. They said, you can't, Lenin, make a revolution without having the majority with you. And Lenin said, why not? You know, we can do it. You know, minorities make history. We can take over Russia and we can uh, guide them through their bourgeois phase and then uh, make it come out uh, communist on the other end. Uh, and that's practically literally what he said. And Absolutely. so because, because according to Marxist theory, um, <clears throat> you have to have uh, capitalism, bourgeois capitalism for a while, and the Russian Empire was still not fully in its uh, capitalist phase. It was still, uh, you know, in a semi-feudal condition. Absolutely. Our next caller here is uh, Carl in Montana. Good morning, Carl. 
Good morning, gentlemen. You know, Jeff, I got to commend you on your uh, breadth of understanding on so many issues and your calm way of uh, explaining things. Um, I used to do uh, and and still do some, but mostly I used to do counseling for couples, married couples, and different things like that. And it's interesting when you were talking about you know the difference in psychopaths and different things like that. I have found that uh, people who have been abused, both men and women, and get married, they tend to carry that damage through the rest of their life. And it just doesn't seem to ever, ever go away. It does. There's always some remnant of that somehow that affects them. And many, many cases, uh, in many cases, I would say probably close to 70%, at a guess, uh, they the couples do not end up making it. Um, it's just a, it's a sad situation. I knew one couple in particular, one lady, and she was on her fourth marriage uh, just because she could not receive nor give uh, love because she had been abused when she was young. You know, and and there it and we worked, and she worked with other people other than me. Uh, I mean, very expensive psychologists and then uh, counselors and things and never could get over that. But one of the main reasons I called you, Jeff, this morning, I just wanted to commend you on, on what you were saying about the psych- psychology stuff. But one of the main reasons I was calling you this morning is last week when you were on, I think it was John mentioned that right at the end of the show, you said we will be at war with China by the end of this year. Uh, I would yeah, like you to expand on that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, last month, Xi Jinping, the leader of China, said that they were going to war. And he told that to the army. Um, if you look at the army newspapers, going back to late March, early April, there were statements, get ready for war. It's not a joke. They were putting together things that Mao Zedong had written about this. Um, so there was, uh, there's clearly a mobilization of some kind going on. They've been adding to the troops on the front with India. They've been piling troops into the coast uh, opposite Taiwan. Um, they've, uh, they've been increasing. And there's been, if you've noticed, the Chinese government statements uh, are to the effect that, for example, they, they recently posted in China's cities the air raid nuclear war instructions. Uh, in public, and there was video of it posted on YouTube of them posting those uh, warnings. Um, There's lots of these kind of pre-war measures taken by the Chinese. Um, You probably saw there was a video come out of China of amphibious tanks and vehicles massing across from their depots in uh, central China headed towards the coast. Um, so I've been following this. Uh, there is a source of mine. I have two sources on this. One is from Russia. The other is from Southeast Asia. The governments in Southeast Asia have been instructed to ke- to keep a percentage of their leadership cadre in bunkers, saying that Russia and China are preparing aggressive moves that will lead to war with the United States. Um, I have a Russian source that says similar things. Although he's not sure exactly the form the war will take, um, he had information about uh, uh, Iran causing a diversionary war with Israel 
that would divert U.S. carrier groups to the Arabian Sea away from China, allowing China and North Korea then to begin actions. But he did not have specific knowledge of what the Chinese and uh, North Korean actions would be. Mm, wow. That's very interesting. So would you, do you think this will, I mean, I cannot hardly uh, see how China or the United States could allow this to go nuclear. Do you think this will be just a bunch of pockets of uh, American influence around the world that China will uh, attack? Um, Knowing the Chinese strategic thinking, it's hard for me to imagine that they would begin a conflict with the United States without using nuclear weapons and that they would um, they would not give it everything they had to knock the U.S. out of the war. Uh, the other indication of war is that this fifth column, the, these riots, uh, Black Lives Matter and Antifa, has been receiving direction, I've been told by sources, uh, from China. The burning of the uh, documents in their consulate at um, uh, Houston, um, is indicative. Uh, I think the other thing is there's been news stories showing that their consulate in New York, there were shredder trucks stacking up and they were mass shredding documents. If you know the history of warfare, the one of the things that diplomats do is they destroy the documents in their embassies and consulates before a war. Mm. That's one of the things they do. Because they're, you know, espionage yeah. activity and subversion is run out of embassies and consulates. So they're destroying it. The, why would they destroy the document? Consulates are, are, and embassies are sacrosanct. They, if, but if they go to war, they'll, that, those places may be seized by the U.S. And those documents may be looked at and used as evidence to come after their fifth column comrades here. So I, I think they're, They wouldn't expend their left allies here in the U.S. in the way they are, because this if there's no intervention from the communist Chinese from abroad, you know, all of this this insurrectionist communist nonsense is going to be put down. The people are turning against them. Trump's going to win the election in a in a with a large majority is my analysis. Uh, Looking at what's happening. I got a follow up, Jeff. Uh, the classified documents uh, file cabinet we had in my sec- intelligence section in Vietnam, we kept a white phosphorus grenade uh, duct taped to the top of it so that if we did have to abandon uh, our facility, uh, we could pull the pin on that and it would burn all the way through down to the concrete, destroying all the documents, preventing the Viet Cong from getting their hands on them. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's, you know, so this is. I have an interesting yeah. uh, question there, too, Jeff. Do you think then, uh, I mean, because if the, if the Chinese use nuclear weapons, that's going to make the United States uninhabitable. You know, I mean, Uh-oh. and they did want to him? be able did, to take it. Did I drop off? You're still here, Jeff. Hello? Um, yep. Uh, Kyle, um, the, uh, our, our enemies, Russians and Chinese, they have new nuclear weapons. Listen carefully. They put out almost no radiation. And they're rather small to maybe take out, oh, a half a square mile to a square mile while putting out almost no radiation, which makes it very, very usable and doable. Jeff, you got follow up on that? Oh, that I used to talk to uh, Sam Cohen, who was the uh, inventor of the neutron bomb, or at least he was given credit. And he believed that the Russians had 
solved the scientific problem of making, you know, red mercury bombs. It's a nuclear bomb in which the um, the it's a hydrogen bomb that doesn't require a uh, atomic bomb as a trigger. That red mercury is an explosive that is so powerful that it can directly cause a hydrogen uh, reaction, hydrogen uh, nuclear reaction. So he believed that they could make like a one kiloton bomb that was the size of the cigarette lighter and that it was undetectable from our radiation detection equipment because the amount of fuel needed for it was so small um, <clears throat> and could be easily shielded. So, um, and he had, he saw evidence, he was asked to go to Iraq and there was a documents that we captured when we captured Baghdad showing that Saddam Hussein was negotiating to get red mercury devices from Russia at the time. And uh, he was asked to examine the documents uh, by the U.S. Uh, military intelligence. And he told me that uh, he was in no doubt that the Russians had it. There you go, Kyle. We need to yeah. move on. We're almost Kyle, we really do need Thanks. to move on. We've got a bunch of callers here. Thank you. Um, and... Um, <laughs> Professor McCanny is uh, Jim. You want to jump in here and make your comments, sir? Oh, thank you, John. I did one quick comment about the upcoming election. I think it be, would be beneficial to organize in the Democratic strongholds where there's just been massive cheating for decades. Uh, and plant people there with the specific reason of identifying fraud and and uh, identifying people and making arrests. Uh, it's the only way we can break this uh, cheating fraud that's been going on. And so, anyway, I'll just leave my comment there. I know you were talking about some other things. Our current system allows for poll watchers. I've been working with poll watchers. Okay, let's get back to the callers here. We've got Stuart in Maine. Good morning, Stuart. Yeah, good morning, gentlemen. Uh, I just wanted to comment on Tom from Florida uh, uh, about uh, uh, Jews being behind the majority of the uh, communist movement in Russia, and he's uh, he's a hundred percent right. Uh, your your guest is uh, is an error on that. Uh, first of all, the top five hundred and fifty officials of the uh, communist party were eighty percent were Jews. Okay, uh, Winston Churchill in nineteen twenty pointed out. Same thing in a, in the Sunday Illustrated. Uh, most of the repressive apparatus was in the hands of the Jews, the heads of the secret police. And uh, you find, uh, in general, most of the Jewish organizations, it's not every single Jewish person, but the Jewish organizations, they're behind all this destructive activity, destroying the family and uh, flooding the country with foreigners to destroy the national identity of the country. Okay. okay. Well, let's, um, let's get a response. Uh, sure, thank you for your call. We'll those, get a are, response. those are anti-Semitic slurs. And Churchill, by the way, was uh, had briefly believed in something called the Protocols of the Elders of Zion, which had come out, and he was basing those statements on that. He later apologized and, you know, uh, basically said that he had been mistaken in that. So you have to understand the history of the Protocols. And understand that these claims about the Bolshevik Revolution, which historians have examined, are not true. Jews are overrepresented in the Bolshevik Rev uh, Revolution, but they do not represent 80% of the cadre. And certainly not, you know, to be overrepresented when you're only a 2% minority in a country 
is is not to be 80 percent. They weren't ever a majority of the Politburo or of any of these organizations. This is complete nonsense, though there's been books published making these claims, but they're based on this Black Hundreds um, uh, Protocols of the Elders of Zion Hysteria, which came out in 1920 uh, at the end of World War One and flooded over people here in the U.S. Henry Ford believed in it, but it is completely false. Look, Felix Dzerzhinsky and Menzhinsky, the heads of the Cheka, were Polish and they were not Jewish. Lenin was not Jewish. Stalin was not Jewish. Okay. Okay. Well, let's go on to our next caller, Stacy in Florida. Good morning, Stacy. Oh, good morning, gentlemen. Um, I wanted to ask a question that um, Professor McCanny had touched upon, but I didn't um, call in time, but I'm sure your new guest will be able to provide us with an answer. He had um, kind of lightly mentioned that uh, maybe if Trump um, didn't run, it could prevent a lot of um, potential violence in our country. But we don't know if he met, um, if he would like stop um, running for president, or if he um, lost the um, actually didn't win the presidency. Uh, I'm not sure what he was talking about. And my second question is: If Trump does um, win the presidency, um, it, 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 we're not sure if there's going to be violence. If either, let's put it that way, if either of these men win. So um, say Trump does potentially, you know, stop his campaign, will he still be able to be president even without actually running for president? Will he still remain in office? Okay. Um, Jeff, let me handle this for a little bit, and then you guys, if you all follow up. Um, okay. My, my special alert on my website says uh, I've been told that President Trump will end his campaign, and, uh, and my belief is he'll go after the uh, insurrectionists that have been trying to destroy the country. Whether President Trump is elected or not, there will be violence. That seems to be a foregone conclusion. Jeff, your follow-up? Yeah, it seems that the communists have committed themselves to revolutionary action, and uh, there's something like a Tet Offensive kind of thing being planned by the left. Whether they can bring it off or not is another matter, but they've got a lot of, they've, they've had guns They've had guns smuggled from China, and so we'll have to see. We will. Thank you, Stacy, for your call. And our last caller, uh, John in Tennessee. Good morning, John. Good morning, John. Good morning. morning, John, Jeff. Uh, John, a couple weeks ago you mentioned asteroid strikes beginning in September, October, somewhere in that area. question right. is for Jeff. Is it possible, Jeff, that these... Asteroid strikes may actually be either kinetic energy or nuclear weapons rather than asteroids. I I have no idea. I mean, I've heard about near misses, uh, asteroids passing close to the Earth, but I haven't heard yet that they said that one is going to hit us. Right. That information comes from my How friend about you, Stephen. John? Well, that information comes from my friend Steve Ben Noon. Mm -hmm. Now, last hour, Professor McKinney said that uh, we have the technology to uh, simulate uh, meteor strikes uh, without them actually being meteors. So I guess it's kind of up in the air there, John. Well, I'm wondering if it's not weapons that are going to be 
used against us and blamed on China to initiate a war. Um, well, like I say, it remains to be seen. Uh, and who blames who remains to be seen also. All right, thank you. Okay, thank you for the call. Well, last week you left us with a bombshell, uh, Jeff. Uh, we're down to that last minute or so. Again, you told everybody last week you expect us to be at war with China before the end of the year, which is less than five months away. So here you go, your final comment, sir. Yeah, well, I hope I'm wrong. Uh, it's it's easy to be wrong about such things, but I've been following this for a long time, and uh, uh, I, I talk to people who have intelligence backgrounds who are following this. And the military movements that we're seeing, as one of them would say, are frightening. And the people in the military that see these movements are very disturbed by them. They are not the normal kind of movements and preparations. China, if it doesn't go to war, it's certainly preparing like it is. Right. And, right. Uh, you know, you had uh, that uh, thing last year uh, in April in Chicago. <laughs> Right. The meeting. The meeting took place with the leaders from most South American countries except El Salvador. Right. Uh, that was a precursor to all this as well, I believe. Jeff, thank you, sir. Uh, it's always uh, good to have you with us. We look forward to having you back next Thursday. Wednesday, thank you. excuse me. <laughs> Wednesday. <laughs> thank you, Jeff. Uh, well, okay. Tomorrow morning we'll have... Uh, my friend Steve Hunt, the John Moore Radio Show economic advisor with us. Tom Berryhill will talk, talk about the energy cleaner. And, of course, Lynn Horowitz. Lynn is a great guy to have on here. We, we always have fascinating conversations with Lynn Horowitz. Friday morning, Tom Berryhill will be back. We'll talk talking about emergency survival communications, getting a lot of attention these days. And, of course, Dr. Wilbert, Dr. Lynn Wilbert, the second hour, talking about health-related matters. That's it for the day. Get your medical supplies, your energy cleaning, your essential oils. Now, while you can, your firearms ammunition. Never, ever give up your guns. Please do a fun, safe, productive day. And God bless America. Owners, if your lender has gone out of business or sold your transaction to another lender or servicer, you may be the victim of a wrongful foreclosure resulting in the loss of your home. If you've already lost your home, are in foreclosure, or even in good standing, you can challenge the mortgage transaction's illegal issue and your property can be restored to you. And your foreclosure can be stopped or reversed and the mortgage transaction declared unenforceable. State laws, U.S. title codes, the Uniform Commercial Codes, and U.S. Supreme Court rulings have upheld that defective mortgage documentations can reverse or stop foreclosures and enforce property title claims in favor of the homeowner.
We are having successes in stopping the process of foreclosure, the enforcement of the foreclosure judgments, the sale of property, and evictions after the sale. We are not attorneys, and we don't give legal advice. We are a professional team of legal researchers, providing forensic mortgage audits and expert witnesses. We have the knowledge to produce the evidence and enforce laws regarding your legal issues. We've been in business for 12 years without a complaint. Consultations are free, and we provide a free title search to confirm if your mortgage has legal defects. Please call 855-253-3748. 855-THE-NUMBER-2. Keep it today. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. Truth, truth, truth.